Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson, and welcome to Going in Rock Hanout, the only countdown show top 10 list type show here at youtube.com what is going on there what is i'm making that? a point steven larson um yeah there's probably other wrestling countdown shows but this is the only one here it's in our channel the only one that we do yeah yeah we've done other countdown shows in the past but this is the countdown show we do now yeah now we're exclusive to count out of course as i mentioned you can find this at youtube.com forward slash steven larson you can also find it wherever fine podcasts are available including Castbox. We got a partnership with them. They're great. Yeah, check them out. They're awesome. Um, also, Patreon, patreon.com slash Stephen Larson. All sorts of reward tiers, contribution yeah. tiers. Sorry, rewards associated with those tiers. Again, all great. Yes. Um, yes. Finally, prowrestlingtees.com slash going in raw. Great designs. Great. Sales over. Slightly less than great. Yeah. But there'll be another sale in the future, and that will be great. This is the last week we're going to be talking about the sale being over. We just gotta now. We just gotta say, hey, look at these great shirts. Pay full price until the next sale. Well, yeah. Once the next once the next sale is announced, we will say wait. But you know, there we it's not. We don't know. There's gonna be another sale. There might never be another sale. Oh, they might be say sale. people are gonna pay money regardless. Anyways, all right. Anyways, what are we here to talk about today, Steve? Well, this past Monday on Monday Night Raw, Paige finally made it official. We had heard this for months now, um, but she finally made it official that uh, she has retired. Because the WWE will not clear her because she apparently has some pretty nasty neck injuries that she's dealing with. Yeah. And they don't see a way out of uh, that. Uh, you know, if she wrestles again, it could be really, really bad for uh, her walking around career or even her living a life career. Mm-hmm. Um, so she retired. So it made us wonder what other wrestlers uh, had their careers ended thanks to sad injuries yeah so here we go we're gonna hop right into it number 10 10 sting so uh he uh made his wwe debut i believe survivor series let me do some quick math here 2014 2014 that sounds about right where he helped dolph ziggler um eliminate everybody from team authority and claim victory for team cena yeah um that led to a match wrestlemania 31 between himself and the game triple h correct with triple h one, still kind of confusing. I understand the whole Monday Night Wars storyline playing out there. But again, just being a winner. Sting never had a win in his WWE Not career. Not true. He did uh, make someone submit. 
during a match, I oh, thought. Oh, really? In a tag team match. Oh, nice. I thought so. Oh, yeah. Sting defeated Big Show by disqualification. No, he made Rollins tap out Scorp- Scorpion Deathlock in episode oh. of Raw. I remember that. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And anyways, so he disappeared for a while, came back um, to get in a program with Seth Rollins when he was uh, WWE champion. There was that, that, uh, that storyline where Stephanie and Triple H were going to make a statue to honor Seth Rollins. And at the yeah. unveiling of that statue, they raised the curtain. And who's there? Not statue Seth. But Sting. The Stinger. He proceeds to destroy that statue. Yeah. Dumps it like a garbage truck or something yeah. like that. It was great. That was we fantastic. We got to take a picture with it later on when we went to the WWE True. archives. Um, great. I remember that segment. Fantastic. This yeah. led to a match between Seth and Sting at uh, Night of Champions 2015. 2016. Sorry. Um, and during this match, I remember we were watching it together. Um, Sting takes a buckle bomb. Oof, yeah. And then he seemed to not be himself. No. He fell to a knee. Yeah. Um, the ref went in and talked to him, <coughs> and Sting seemed to say, let's just finish the match. Yeah. So he finishes the match. Uh, Seth pins him after a stomp. He was wobbly. Wobbly though. on his feet. It was disturbingly wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were worried that it was something, like, serious going on. Because you knew something on. was not right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was later revealed that uh, Sting had hurt his neck. They took him to a medical facility following the match, and we uh, later found out that he uh, suffered or was suffering from spinal stenosis, yeah. which, of course, and we'll get to it later, was the same ailment, which caused uh, two other people on this list, maybe even three if this is what Paige had too, to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, uh, oh, maybe it was 2015. No, it was 2015. Not a champion, 2015. Sorry. Um, Sting was on Legends with JBL the following year and spoke about his diagnosis and weighing to hold off to fully retire because he said he has a, what, unfinished business in terms of having a match with The Undertaker. However, at his Hall of Fame induction, he did retire. Yeah. Although he has kind of walked that back somewhat, saying yeah. that it's not really, I mean, like, if he can get a match with Undertaker, he would unretire to have that match. So there's some surgery that he can have done um, that will apparently, like, make his make his, him better. Yeah, but, but, he but, says he's not, but, he's, would, but would end his wrestling career. Yeah, but he says that he's relatively pain-free. Yeah, he says he's fine. So yeah. he doesn't need it. And yeah. because he doesn't need it, that's going to leave the door open for him to perhaps wrestle again. Yes. Here's the thing, the thing about Sting, and this is why it's at number 10 on here on this list. Sting already had a legendary career. Yes. Before all this, his career or his time in the WWE was merely, you know, the frosting on the cake, if mm-hmm. you will. The gravy. Exactly. And so um, you put gravy on your cake? No, that's another another uh, term for for something like a little ac- extra bonus. A little weird to put gravy on your cake. Be honest, it with might you. be good. I like gravy a lot. Some might, sausage gravy might. on like some marble cake might be delicious. You no, don't know. No, no, try new things. Be exactly. New. You should be more adventurous with your food, anyways. Why would you bring? I'm plenty adventurous with my food. No, you're not. You know, I have for lunch today some Pringles and some chocolate chip cookies. That's healthy. adventurous, right that's there. That's healthy. Did you have them together? Did you put make, make a Pringles chocolate chip cookie sandwich? Where were you when I needed you? I was out getting my, my, my uh, veggie sandwich with hummus. Anyways, hey, I'm on. trying to eat better. Yeah, that's good. Number nine. Nine. What? Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, Stone Cold could easily be much higher on this list. But his, the thing about his uh, situation is that it wasn't sudden. That doesn't make it any less severe or, or, or shocking. So in between the career-ending injury and his actual retirement... He was the biggest draw in the history of the and business. six years transpired between the two events. Right. So let's all go back to SummerSlam 1997, match between himself and Owen Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Um, there was a spot where uh, Owen was to perform a tombstone pile driver. Yeah. But rather than land on his knees like The Undertaker and Kane and Okada and pretty much everybody else I've ever seen do a tombstone for the most part, 
Um, he landed on his bottom, mm. and Stone Cold's head was sticking down about, I don't know, that much. Yeah. And so the majority of the impact was on Stone Cold's head, and of course that sh- sends shockwaves through his entire uh, spinal column, injuring his neck. Um, apparently uh, Stone Cold suffered um, temporary paralysis, but he was booked to win the match. So he regained enough sensation that he managed to uh, roll up Owen to get the victory. It was like the weakest roll-up you've ever seen. But, hey, good for both of them for being, like, professional enough to actually execute the roll-up. Yeah. Um, And then uh, Stone Cold had to vacate the title, I believe, due to injury. Mm -hmm. And he was out of action for quite a while. Um, Although he came back at the September 22nd, 97 uh, episode of Raw. Um, And then, you know... Attitude error began. He beat uh, HBK for the belt. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it seemed like that injury, <clears throat> he can never quite shake it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, he had his issues with Vince about uh, jobbing out to Brock an episode of Raw. So he was gone for the majority well, of 2002. And after, the thing is, after the injury, he did have to change his in-ring style to mm-hmm. be more of a brawler. And less of a technical wrestler. And less of a technical wrestler, exactly. Which kind of played into his character. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like I said, you know, he... Obviously made it work. He became, you know, the focal point of the highest point well, of the, the WWE. Largest draw in the history of wrestling. Right, exactly. And so, you know, he was still able to make it work. Um, and like you said, there was a good six years between that and his actual retirement, which uh, went down. His last match was WrestleMania 19. Against The Rock. Against The Rock, exactly. And he still did physical things after that. There was never any official. He got on the mic and said, you know, I'm retiring. Didn't he do that for his Hall of Fame induction? Like in the ring afterwards, or some WrestleMania, I remember he came out and said that, said, I'm done. Oh, maybe. I kind of remember that. But I guess uh, the night after WrestleMania 19, he was fired by Bischoff on Raw for fired medical reasons. Yeah. And then he did an interview with WWE.com or something and said, no, I'm retiring from wrestling. Yeah. Um, and he said the reason w- because of that was going back to the injury suffered at SummerSlam 1997. Yep. Um, and uh, apparently as, as, as recently, you know, going back to 2003, as 2001, it really started being an issue mm-hmm. for him. Um, apparently, uh, he was wrestling against the advice of medical personnel. Yeah. Um, up until when he left in 2002 with the whole Brock Lesnar jobbing out on Raw situation. And there's no way the WWE let anybody do that these days. No, because yeah. apparently, you know, if, you, if you're wrestling with spinal stenosis, there's a risk of paralysis. Or death. Or death. Yeah. And so Stone Cold had to hang him up. And I mean, he's, you know, the thing is like, even after that, even when he was being, he was doing his sheriff of Raw oh, stuff. he still go and stun people. He was stunning people left and right. So this wasn't a situation where, you know, it, it was just, if, if you take a bad move during a match, you know, bad things are going to happen. But, you know, if you, if you if everything's controlled and you can stun people, you can stun people. It's not yeah. like Daniel Bryan who couldn't take a bump because of concussions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now so we can. he was still, now again. Uh, so he was still he was still active in some capacities, um, and to his credit, even though he has said in the past that hey you know I could come back for one more match I could do this, he's never wanted to taint his legacy. He's never wanted to. I mean they say that was kind of the reason why he didn't want to run with Hogan because he felt that Hogan couldn't keep up with him at a certain point. Yeah, and uh, and so he you know he values being in the ring. I mean some of that might be ego or vindictiveness, but, uh, you know, he obviously values his legacy mm-hmm. and he values Wait, his what legacy. Thank you. What? Uh, and he values being able to put on a good match yeah. or at least a serviceable one. Nobody, yeah. he doesn't want to be out there. Exactly. There's more dignity and just hang him up for good. Yep. 
Number eight. Eight. Edge. So Edge was he is the most decorated wrestler in WWE history yeah, in terms of winning belts solely in WWE. Yes. And so I remember uh, when I kind of got back into wrestling, I went over to your house to watch WrestleMania 27. Uh, I think that sounds right. Um, where the first match was Alberto Del Rio versus Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship, and you were you were you were into Alberto at the time. Why do you have to bring that up? Well, because it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's factual. I don't know why. why because why it plays into what I'm about to talk about. Okay, go ahead. And so you were, I remember you were really excited about the prospect of Alberto becoming. Uh, I wasn't really excited. You're being dramatic now. Champion. Well, you were disappointed when he lost. Was I really? Yes. I thought it was weird. That's why. It was okay. just weird. I don't like so the things happen. Edge, Edge retained the belt, and it was weird because Alberto had won <coughs> up until that time the largest Royal Rumble to become the number one contender for the title. Seemed like it was a certainty he was going to win. At least that's the gist you were giving me, being yeah. the huge Alberto fan you were at the time. Did you stop saying um, that? Anyways, instead, Edge won. Um, and uh, the following night on Raw, he came to the ring and announced that he had to retire due to spinal stenosis. He talked about having, uh, pre- you know, I think he had previous neck injuries, talking about having uh, numbness in his arms. I remember this one story where he was talking about he was fighting Batista on the house show circuit, and every time he'd take a Batista bomb, he would, like, get tingles and numbness yeah. in his arms and stuff. Ugh. And so he went and got tested, spinal stenosis, have to retire. Yeah. So and, he, and Edge is a situation where he was still kind of arguably at his peak, you know, or he still had plenty of eleven. Yeah, I mean, still, still had plenty of career left. In I don't him. know how old he was, but he couldn't have been past like mid thirties. Mid thirties, you would think. But I mean, the thing is also, you know, you think about Edge, you think about the days he spent during the Attitude Era. Oh, um, I know. How old was he? Um, well, he's only forty-four right now. So in two thousand eleven, he would have been probably like thirty-seven. That was the yeah, seven years ago. Yeah, thirty-seven. So thirty-seven. So he was past his days, but yeah, a little bit. Um, but I mean, the the, the wear and tear in his body oh, is yeah. obviously <coughs> where this comes from. You think about all the amazing ladder matches, TLC matches, all that stuff. Yeah. You think about all that stuff, and that's gonna that's gonna do it for you. You know, I mean, you don't spear Jeff Hardy off of you know uh, fifteen feet or whatever it was up in the air. And not suffer the consequences for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a wonder. It's it's miraculous that Jeff Hardy's able to do what he does. Oh, I know. Um, and so Edge had a lot of wear and tear on his body, and it wouldn't surprise me if that was a large part of the reason he had such a, like you said, most decorated champion in, in WWE history. That doesn't come without a lot of bumps, a lot oh, of wear and tear. I know wrestling a lot of matches. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, he uh, relinquished the world heavyweight championship. Uh, ended up becoming uh, um, sort of a, a corner guy for Christian for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, he has his own successful podcast with Christian. And they just filmed, I think, the second season. Yeah, it's coming of, back. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. There's like a bunch of network stuff that's coming back. I know. I thought they were like not doing that anymore. Yeah, I thought so too. But evidently they are. They know they're getting that sweet, sweet TV money soon. Yes. Again. Anyways, uh, number seven. Seven. Paige. Paige. Now she just retired. Yeah, we talked about it in the intro. Um, uh, she too had a history of neck issues. Um, and you know, you spoke with edge about wear and tear, probably the case with Paige considering she's been wrestling since she was 13 years old. So I'm not sure if scoliosis is a thing that you can get or just something that you're born with. I'm pretty sure it's something you're born with. My sister was anyways, and I have a very slight case of scoliosis, but if you're taking bumps at the age of 13, when your body is still developing and, and you have scoliosis, 
that cannot be good for your future prospects of, you know, doing this. So 12 years, she had been professionally wrestling, um, you know, to anybody else. If they started at like 20, you know, that's, you know, 32 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of wear and tear on Paige's body. Um, and, uh, you know, in her case, it's just it's tragic that she was only 25 years old when she had to retire. Yeah, that's very sad. And the fact that her condition was was so bad that the WWE would not, you know, determine that she could never be cleared again um, makes it, you know, I, I hope I, I my only hope is that they put such. I hope that they put in her head in her mind that this is such a serious situation that to go anywhere else, because you know, there are other promotions that might look the other way. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know if any of those, I'll put it this way. I would like to think that any promotion that would be shady enough to look the other way wouldn't have the resources to pay for what she would charge. You know what I mean? Because I would like to think that the bigger promotions, Impact, Ring of Honor, all the possible places she could go would all put the brakes on that and say, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, want yeah. that because, yeah, yeah. you know, that could be really bad for you and us. <clears throat> so, you know, um, it's because it would be very tempting to, you know, have some other doctor say, no, I'm sure you'll be fine. Just one match or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. who knows what the, the motives are there. Yeah. Um, she's young. And when you're in your 20s, you make stupid decisions, you know. So I really hope that she focuses on, you know, she's got her, uh, what is it, like apparel line or clothing line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff in the WWE she can still do. Yeah, PW that, Insider was talking about maybe uh, her accepting some sort of role at the Performance Center, whether it be right. a trainer yeah. or, or something like that. I still think there's a ton of money for her to be made, like, as, you know, an on-screen role in either, you know, managerial or, like, the SmackDown general manager. Number six. Six. Bret Hart. So, uh, you know, he's had a relatively storied career. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah pretty good bit. career, I yeah, think. Yeah, pretty decent career. Um, anyways, at Starcade 99, uh, Bret was defending the WCW title against Goldberg, and during that match, uh, Goldberg uh, accidentally shoot-kicked Bret Hart in the head. Yeah. And concussed him. Yeah. And according to Bret... Um, he thought he may have suffered maybe up to three uh, concussions in addition to that um, uh, over the course of that match. Yeah. Um, but he apparently wasn't aware of how severe he was hurt. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he continued to, to still work for uh, the entire month, or more or less the entire month of January until uh, he had to vacate the WCW title and retire um, at sold out 2000. Yeah. Um, though he would occasionally show up on WCW television from time to time in a non wrestling capacity before getting released oh, man. via a FedEx letter oh my October 20th of 2000. That was a bummer. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the, the, it is sad. Like, it, it, it does feel like everything post, <coughs> like Montreal Screwjob and on. You look at, like, just the laundry list of, of, things that that happened to bret hart and it Mm -hmm. is really sad it it is it is is. i mean obviously the biggest one is owen his brother dying in the ring uh you know he had you know he had to retire thanks to concussion uh he had a stroke while wasn't he like riding his motorcycle his his bicycle he he hit a pothole or something like that and flipped over the handlebars and hit his head on a tree or so that's terrible light pole and had a stroke yeah and then had temporary paralysis due to that on one side of his body you know the wwe brought him back in 2010 
and gave him a proper farewell and a proper send off. But you can never quite shake, you know, then there was always, there would always be some Bret Hart quote that came out that just exposed what's, what feels like a little bit of bitterness from Bret. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just sad that a guy who did have a storied career, who's loved by many, many people, um, seemed to, to have a tough time. I mean, you know, he made plenty of money and he seems to be okay in that route. But he seemed like a guy who has just a ton of pride. Mm-hmm. We often say that it seems like he took himself a bit too seriously yeah. during his run. That's our opinion. Um, but that sort of, you know, betrays the fact that he does seem like a guy or betrays the idea that this dude does seem to have a lot of pride. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, it was sad. Yes. Um, next. Number five. Five. Shibata. So uh, Shibata, you know, uh, when we got introduced to New Japan, um, he was one of our early favorites because it seemed like he was really beating people up. Yeah, true. It was fun to watch. He worked stiff. Um, he put on a lot of really physical matches. The first one I remember watching was at Wrestle Kingdom 11 against Hiroki Goto. Yeah. Where uh, uh, Goto won the uh, never open weight title from him in a really hard-hitting match. And then uh, we really got to see what he could do during the New Japan Cup 2017, where he won the whole thing, mm-hmm. put on a series of really awesome matches, culminating in a IWGP heavyweight championship match against Kazuchika Okada at yeah. Sakura Genesis 2017. And this is still one of the most hard-hitting matches I've seen. It, 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 it pushed the limits of physicality, potentially the point, maybe past that, of which is comfortable for me these days to watch. Um, yeah. And the spot that kind of encapsulated that is when Shibata headbutted Okada. And, I mean, it was a great visual when it happened. Yeah. Um, but people in the arena said it sounded like a baseball bat hitting something. No good. Um, and then so the camera goes a close-up of Shibata, and you see a little blood start to trickle down his head. Yeah. Little did we know at the time that he actually suffered some sort of cerebral hemorrhage, that he was, had blood pooling on his brain. And so he was rushed to a medical facility. Oh, subdural hematoma. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, rushed to the hospital, emergency surgery, um, and, they, and they speculated that uh, it was the headbutt plus severe dehydration mm-hmm. that uh, caused, uh, helped lead to the injury. And Shibata was uh, paralyzed on the right side of his body. Um, uh, I think Shibata just recently said that he isn't considered himself retired. Yeah. But uh, after that, it's going to be real hard to find a way to get back in the ring. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know a lot about stuff. But um, from what we read, like the initial reports, man, it seemed really bad. It seemed like it was just, you know, he, he was at a King of Pro Wrestling. He made an appearance. Um, but it seemed like prior to that, it was a real struggle for him to regain mobility. Yeah. So, but now he's an instructor at the LA Dojo. Seems um, happy there too. Yeah. And, Likes and, the weather in LA. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully just being around the business will be enough to satisfy, um, you know, the, 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 whatever pro wrestling itch he may have. Yeah. And he's not in the ring taking any more bumps. I mean, the sad thing about that match is that if you just take that headbutt out of it. Oh, it's stellar. It's such a beautiful it's match. so good. And it's like that one thing that it's like, oh, come on, man. This is entertainment. Like, I get that his thing was like he was like super strong style guy. But like. I don't know. I don't. I don't need the. I don't need it to be that real. I don't mm-hmm. need. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I know that it's fake. It's okay. Just put on a good performance. Yeah. Act like you're fighting. Um, so I, I always felt that that was like I don't know so unnecessary. Um, and you know it turns out that that probably ended his career. Yeah. So that's an absolute bummer because he was totally both one of our favorites. You know, 
Like, could you imagine, you know, right after Wrestle Kingdom when, uh, or no, Suzuki had already come back. Like, could you imagine a Shibata Suzuki program? Oh, man, for that like, Intercontinental title? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, that would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been absolutely fantastic. Heck so yes. us being new to the, to the, to the show, if you will, um, he was one of the more exciting guys to keep an eye on. And so it was, you know, it was just an absolute bummer that uh, it had to happen. But obviously for him as well, who, you know, I mean, his, his nickname was The Wrestler. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was a bummer. Number four. Four. Magnum TA. So uh, he was a rising star in Jim Crockett Promotions slash the NWA, signed by Jim Crockett in 84. And uh, by, I don't know, like mid-1986, it seemed like he was destined to become NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Man, this dude had everything. He had the looks, the personality, the charisma. The ladies loved him. Oh, that, that I Quit match with Tully Blanchard. Yep. Starcade, I think, 85. Man, yep. brutal. Yeah. Um, anyways, October of 1986, Magnum TA driving his Porsche during a storm, lost control, hit a telephone pole. Um, he suffered uh, injuries to his C4 and C5 vertebrae, paralyzed um, on the right side of his body, ending his in-ring career. He managed to regain movement on the right side of his body. However, by that point, career over. Yeah. Um, But I guess, you know, we, we we were always under the impression that he was being groomed to be the next, you know, huge star in NWA. But there seemed to be maybe some ambiguity about that, right? Well, okay, so there were, yeah. Back back then, the way the NWA did their their title was the, the bad guy would usually have the world title. The, and the, good the, guy the money was made in it. the chase, yes. Exactly. However, so like, yeah, there's a couple different, there's a couple different scenarios here. Um for example, uh, Ric Flair, uh, there was a, a shoot interview with Ric Flair um, where he said he had never heard that before, that there was plans in place for Magnum TA winning the world title off him in 1986. He says, but that isn't to say it wouldn't have happened. Um, but I guess if you really want to try to you know, like quantify his impact, there's a story here about after the accident and they had uh, Nikita Koloff, one of Magnum TA's former rivals, turned face to uh, join Dusty mm. and taking on the Horsemen. Um, apparently, uh, that partnership, Dusty and Koloff, wasn't the draw that uh, a partnership between Magnum and Dusty had or would have had. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but he was, uh, Magnum was used a few times um, after the accident. He was, uh, did some commentary, I believe, some announcing, um, worked as a booker in the early 90s. Um, so uh, it seemed like he stuck around the business for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, if he hadn't gotten that accident, you know, maybe he wouldn't have gotten the title off Flair. Maybe who would have? I mean, no, Jimmy Garvin got the title off Flair shortly after that, and so there yeah. was speculation that maybe Magnum TA would have been in that place because Jimmy Garvin wasn't nearly as popular as Magnum TA was. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, if you look, if you fast forward, you know, it's it's easy to think that he could have had, you know, more of a run in WCW, you know, in the ensuing years. Um, I'm not sure how old was Magnum TA when that accident. Well, that's 86. He would have been 27. Okay, so 27. So even you know, I mean, WCW is known for having guys who've been on the older side, anyways. Oh yeah. So he would have flourished there. You know, if it was 37, 10 years later in 1996. Yeah. Who knows? He could have. You know, I'm sure he would have been a champion a couple times over, in some regard. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's probably one of the biggest. One of the biggest what ifs in WCW history, anyways, is what if Magnum TA wouldn't have been 
Because you got the great name, Magnum TA. What a great name that is. Oh, I know. And he's got the looks. He's got everything. Um, it would have been interesting to see him try to adapt to the 90s also in terms of his style because he was a very 1980s-looking oh, yes. wrestler. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, like to think he would have been huge. And uh, thankfully, he has um, – I think he ended up doing pretty well for himself. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken – I think he got into something like building cell phone towers. Oh. After like, you know, in like the early 90s or 90s or something like that. Hmm. And so I'm pretty sure that dude has done pretty well for himself. Yeah, yeah. It runs a small, this is according to Wikipedia, it runs a small commodity hedge fund and communication towers business. That all sounds like it's probably profitable. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, good for Magnum TA. Number three. Three. Tyson Kidd. Um, this came, I believe, more or less during his run as a tag team partner to Cesaro. They were right. a great team together, won the uh, tag team titles. Mm-hmm. Um, but this injury occurred on June 1st, 2015, during a, a dark match, I believe either before or after Raw, against Samoa Joe, who was in NXT at the time. Still in NXT, yeah. Um, Tyson Kidd took a, a, a muscle buster. It must have been something wrong with how the move was, was taken. Um, ended up suffering a severe neck injury. Um, which I've heard, I think Melser and others compare it to the type of injury that Christopher Reeves suffered, which, of course, you know, made him a quadriplegic, put him in a oh. wheelchair for the remainder of his days. And according to Tyson Kidd, um, he said only about 5% of people who suffer this injury survive it. Yeah, so we kind of arranged this. We started arranging this list in order of severity of injury. Um, once you get to, like, you know, between 10 and 6, they're all kind of like brain and neck injuries. So it's kind of, or they're all like neck injuries, rather. So um, it's like whatever. But, like, now we're getting into the really nasty stuff. Yeah. yeah Tyson Kidd, <clears throat> like you said, a couple of people have said that only 5% of people who suffer the injury survive it, um, let alone, you know, walk again and let alone, you know, are up and about. Yeah. Which, thank God, Tyson Kidd is. Yeah. Obviously, his wrestling career is over. Yeah. Um, he had a rod, four screws, and 16 staples inserted into his neck. Yeah. So he's got, like, bionic neck now. Yeah, a lot of that was covered on uh, early seasons of Total Divas. Of right, course, right, he's married right. to Natalia. Yeah. Um, and so his his quest to recuperate and maybe potentially one day resume his wrestling career kind of was like, you know, a B story on the show. Right. Uh, but since June 29th, 2017, Kid has worked as a backstage producer for WWE. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. I mean, the guy was a terrific wrestler. Yeah, he was. He was really, really good. Um, him and Cesaro really did have a killer tag team, and Natalia would, like, be their manager. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I mean, thankfully now he's putting all that knowledge to use as a, as a backstage producer. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a really, really scary thing could have happened oh, there yes. or did happen. Uh, but, you know, he's... He's 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 good. He's, yeah. he's okay. Yeah. So that's good. Number two. Two. Draws. Darren Drozdov. Yeah. Um, so uh, this happened during a SmackDown taping on October 5th, 1999 for an episode that was to air, I believe, two days following October 7th. Okay. And so uh, D'Lo Brown was going to do his running powerbomb. Um, apparently, uh, according to Draws, I guess he was wearing like a loose-fitting shirt, so mm. D'Lo couldn't get the grip he usually had. And apparently, according to Draws, I guess as well, he didn't jump as well, you know, as high as he should have. So when, uh, what happened is that um, there was an issue with the move. Uh, Draws landed on his head, and two of the discs in his neck were fractured. Um, you know, and he was a quadriplegic because of it. Though he did eventually regain movement in his upper ar- body and arms. Um, I think I've seen at least one. We saw one. Of, bit of like one shoot interview he did i think where he was you know moving his arm yeah 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 um but uh following the injury draws continued working for the wb um writing for their website and their magazine mm-hmm, yeah. and i guess he was a frequent guest on wwe bite this bite this b-y-t-e 
Yeah. It means bites because it was on internet. Yeah. That's old. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's. I saw a thing on him as recently as like 2014, 2015. He still leads a very productive life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, he's got uh, upper body movement. So that's yeah. kind of miraculous in I itself. Know. But, uh, and the WWE has taken care of him ever since then. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what draws the ceiling was. He he looked great. He had a great oh, yeah. look to him. Yeah. Um, if he had another five years under his belt, it would have been interesting to see how far he could have gone. Um, because he did. He was a charismatic fellow as well. Of course, he was, you know, known in the the was it wrestling with shadows or the other no, one? No, it was beyond the mat. It was beyond the mat. I seen with with Vince where yeah. he said, if we get an idea for and call you a puke. Yeah. Because apparently he could puke on command he or something. Puke on command, I guess. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna. You're gonna puke. I miss when my voice could do that. That's why I did it for you. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, Drozdov. He was puke, and he was also a member of LOD. For yep, a spell. LOD two thousand. Uh, two thousand. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Again, you know, kind of a happy ending there. He was able to you know lead a productive life. Um, so here we go. Number one. One. Hayabusa. Um, Hayabusa. He was uh, one of the the stars of Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, a promotion in Japan started by Asushi Onita, mm-hmm, yep. um, who we talked about before. If you search our channel, that video's still up there, right? The sickle one. Yes, I think they just demonetized it All for right. a good reason. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, on October twenty second, two thousand one, during a show at Kurikan Hall against Mammoth Suzaki, um, Hayabusa attempted. Uh, 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 a side moon salt, a lion salt, essentially. Um, his foot slipped, and uh, he led him to land on his head. Um, he cracked two vertebrae, and he was paralyzed because of it. Um, I don't advise anybody to watch this injury. It's awful. You can see it if you want to. I've only seen a still, and that's more than I want to see. It's bad. Yeah, I've not seen it. I don't want to see it. I think I saw a still from, like, when he's slipping or something like that. And I was like, I don't want to go. I've I just seen this. the one where he, the, the moment of impact to his head on Matt, I've seen that still. And that's just too much. Yeah. No good. Um, uh, anyways, uh, there's this little uh, story here. Apparently he was waiting for a stretcher to be brought in the ring. He got, he got a mic and said, all of you, I'm truly sorry. It probably might take a long time to come back, but I want to come back. I think I want to come back. So, so please don't abandon FMW that I love at the risk of my life. But however, just four months later, without Hayabusa around, yeah. the promotion uh, closed. Yeah. Um, Hayabusa, though, apparently did uh, was still active in the industry, um, working for uh, Dragon Gate was backstage. He, was he um, quadriplegic or paraplegic? Uh, I would kind I, of assume that he was just a paraplegic. Yeah, I think so, because okay. they made a point saying he regained use of his legs. Oh, 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 okay, okay, then yeah. And also that same year, he helped relaunch FMW. Mm, yeah. Um, but however, he uh, passed away in early 2016 due to a brain aneurysm. He was 47, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, and and nowadays, if you see, and this is why this is why it bugs the crap out of us when Alistair Black does his moonsault to sit down. Yes, uh, because I always think of this. I always think of this. Jericho said after that happened, everybody started grabbing because I think he started. I think Jericho would originally do the lion salt without grabbing onto the ropes. And it's why everybody grabs, grabs on the road before you do that, you know, that moonsault. On uh, just this past episode of Raw, Ember Moon was doing the, the springboard off the middle rope across body. And she slipped a little bit. And had she not been holding on the rope, she might, you know, she would have fallen. Yeah. Not to say she would have suffered injury to this extent, but she could have fallen. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it, it, I get incredibly nervous every time Aleister Black does that. And just this last takeover, he didn't get enough arc on it. He had to put his hands down. Dude, I know. I know. 
So, I mean, maybe he just maybe he understands that. Maybe look, I appreciate the man as a professional. Yeah, uh, we are both old. Yeah, and uh, we don't like to see people get hurt. Get hurt. But maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe he knows if he gets the wrong angle, he can protect himself. Yeah, I hope so. Same. But man, it's it, it's freaky. It's it really is. freaky. It really is. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, very sad. Um, that's it for count out. There are other people that we kind of left off this list, like Christian kind of concussed his way out of a career yeah. from what we can understand. Yeah. But same with Corey Graves. <coughs> same with Corey Graves. Rick Rude, we were going to put him on this list, but then I remembered when he died, he was actually planning a comeback. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, He actually wrestled at least one match in ECW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a back injury did put him out, but he was on his way back. So he figured he figured that one out, and then he sadly passed away. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you guys have any more suggestions, by all means, leave them in the comments. Yes, follow please. Follow us on the Twitter at RealGoingInRaw. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.